Welcome back, Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brat. Such a pleasure to have you back again as we continue to explore Rav Chaim Kanievsky's Sfarim. There's so much been written, been said about Rav Chaim, and it's hard to really fathom what Rav Chaim was. I think that's that's the bottom line. But this has been a unique experience to dive into Rav Chaim's Sfarim and see the vast topics that he wrote about and the Sfarim that he used, at least for me been very, very entertaining is the wrong word, but it is, it's, it's kishmak. Very enjoyable for many people, including myself. Um, I'm not sure I should continue this minute, but why not? We got a couple of very, very complimentary messages, so I'll share it with the audience, because some self-promotion is always a good thing, right? Hi, Rabbi Yezer. I've been enjoying tremendously the series of shiurim you have been giving on Old Af on Reb Chaim Kanievsky, and all other topics. I would like to thank you for that, and I hope these shiurim can continue. We hope so as well. Somebody else wrote, um, the Reb Chaim Svarim review series is amazing. It's riveting and insightful, and gives me chizik. I look forward with great anticipation for new parts to come out. When I receive the email that a new part has been released, I drop all that I'm doing and listen to it. Thank you for all that you are doing. Okay. So, with that exciting introduction, Abeliezer, how are you today? Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Okay, so today we're going to discuss small countries. You'll tell us if it's small or large. But a country which is found in Siach HaSadeh, all about memory. And Abeliezer, tell us what it's called and give us some brief background about what you're going to be talking about today. Okay, so I'm going to... Amir Tzashem, what you hope to talk about is it's called Kuntris Sefer Zikaron. And as Rechaim Kanievsky writes in the, um, the fir- in the first page where he talks at length about what the Sefer is about, he's going to talk about Dvarim HaToivim L'Zikaron and Dvarim that are Hakash L'Shicho, which means it's not going to, it's not good, it will help you, it causes you to forget your learning. Chazal, Now, the question that everyone has been asking and still asking and will continue to ask about Chaim Kanievsky is how did he become who he was? How did he recall everything? There's so many crazy stories of his unbelievable Bacchus. I believe we are holding... He wrote the blueprint years ago. He wrote the Sefer, the date that he concluded the Sefer. Um, like many other Sfarim, he writes the date. He wrote it to Zeich mother. He concludes it. She died around then is when he completed the Sefer. So this Sefer, going through the Sefer, is a blueprint in understanding Rukhain Kanievsky. And I'll explain what I mean as I go through, um, as I discuss in Mirza Shem, what we hope to discuss. But basically, he, he lists out, just very briefly, is that what he's going to discuss, things that we find, that people always hear about, things he shouldn't eat, um, that might cause you to forget. Is What's this Isser? Is it an Isser de Raisa? Is it an Isser de Rabbanon? Women? Um, what about children? And he goes through specific foods that people shouldn't eat, should eat, or people know about, such as olives, how could you eat it, um, and many other examples. And he goes through them piece by piece. But the first part of the Sefer, which is why I call it the blueprint, is how one should, what, what one could do to retain one's learning. And there he will discuss what he does. But that's briefly... Um, the safer that we're going to discuss today. So you feel that Reb Chaim gives some secrets? When I say secrets, it's understandable that Reb Chaim's Asmada, it starts with Asmada. you got to learn and learn and learn and learn and learn and learn. You feel this safer gives some of the some of the secrets to having memory that Reb Chaim himself used? 
Definitely. I mean, it's not it's not so complicated. It's not so such a chiddush because all these things are from Chazal, as he's madgish in the first line of this Chibur. Um, he says Dvar Matayvim. I'm warm, but Divrei Chazal. He's not. It's not collections of things that he found in uh, in whacked out svarim or rear svarim. These are Chazals, and he, then he goes and illustrates where they are. So Mirzashem will see that. So he's not going to be bringing down schoolers and things that people could do. You have to work. That's the bottom line, right? Correct. That is what it, it's clear it will come out from this. That yeah, you got to learn. There's no, you can't do a bunch of different things, and those things will help. You'll learn. You got to learn. Yes, correct. A hundred percent. Okay, so take it away. Okay, so first I'm I'm going to give three very short introductions, bechlal about this topic, to give us some background of this particular sefer. Um, and then and then we'll move right away into the sefer. So first, number one is like this. The when um, when one learns in Chazal, we find a major dugish on memory, and it's very simple. Tarish Peh was not written down in the times of Chazal, and eventually, whatever was, even what it was, that's its own discussion. But um, so memory was very important. There's a Mishnah novice everyone knows called Very powerful words. The Mara Menachet Tzadik Tesam Abayz says, if someone forgets, he's over belav shenami yishamal lecha vishamal nafshecha ma'ay pentishkach esadvarim. Throughout Chazal, and um, we find different techniques to how to remember things. According to some Rishayim, it's a, this a, its own discussion, a big machlekes, but asmachtos are just sukim to help one remember various halachas of Chazal. Not everyone agrees with that, but. Simonim, everyone, we just finished Pesach, everyone, the most famous simon, according to some, is to help mem- to remember basic things. And we find throughout the Marist, all different types of simonim, that today they've been forgotten. But there's all different types of etzis in the Gemara, how to remember what things to eat, and different actions that one does that helps remem- one remember. Now, throughout the generations, um, even after Chazal, Svarim are written on this topic, like everything else. Just to mention a beautiful small sefer from Rabbi Yehudi Ari Mudina called Leiv Arye. It was recently in recent years. It was reprinted by Machon Shuvinavshi. It's a very nice sefer on the topic. There is a famous sefer from a Rabbi Lerner called Shmir Sagufa Nefesh. Very very popular sefer on all different yarnim of school of schoolers, but also um, about yarnim of memory. And this sefer was printed numerous numerous times, over ten times, I believe. Um, with numerous um, additions each time. Another Sefer in recent years was a Sefer called um, Zecher Aisa, and there's constantly all Chiburim coming out on this type of topic. It's a, it's a topic that people like to write about. Now, that's 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 part one. Part two is, why do we find, and this is just to um, fine-tune a little bit more the um, what I just said, is why do we find such an emphasis in memory? Why is there such a concern in memory? And the answer is that even as late as in the times of the Rishonim, um, we don't think about it as much because we take everything for granted. We have computers, we have svarim, um, but they did not have. Even when they were, even when Chazal was, when one was allowed, when Tyre Shvalpe was allowed to be written, doesn't mean in the times of Chazal that they sat down and wrote Mishnayis and that everyone had Mishnayis in front of them and you could go into a local svarim store at the time and get a, a Mishnah, or even further on. 
let's say in the times of Gainim, Rishainim, did they have, did they sit and learn in yeshiva in front of um, Svarim? And the answer is, interestingly enough, pretty much no, they didn't. Memory was extremely important. Books were a fortune. Whatever books means is obviously a manuscript form, but it was a fortune. So most people did not have in their libraries Svarim, Tarish Balpeh, remain Tarish Balpeh until around the printing age. Um, what I mean, uh, of course, it's possible in the Middle Ages to see it. Um, one could see, but it was it was something that was not so common. So therefore, we find, and you'll you'll see tons, not only in Chazal, even much later on, things that didn't do and uh, that did um, were because of memory. And with that, um, and okay, th- those are two um, introductions that I would like to mention, just to give us some little bit of background. I'll elaborate on them possibly as we go on. Okay, fascinating. Those introductions and the svarim that you mentioned uh, about about memory, and it's it's true. We don't think about this when Rashi was writing Rashi. I mean, uh, on Shas, the most people have Shas in front of them. The answer is no. Correct. That that that's the point that we're yes. So besides for the practical aspect of people having to memorize, like you just said, related to their learning. Are there certain practices of Menhagim that were instituted maybe back then that we still do today that maybe we don't actually focus on them as memory tools, but we do them anyway? So yes, there definitely is. There's a bunch. Um, but one of them, just to illustrate with one example, a lot of times an example is helpful, is we know Matzah Shabbos, many people, they sing these mirrors, special mirrors. And some of these mirrors have a focus on Eliyahu Navi. And some people have a meaning to say Eliyahu Navi uh, uh, many times. All these are different Menhagim. Beyond the scope of this, but but what this this is brought down in numerous Rishonim, Machzavitri, Sefer Gemachas, Rebbe Chassid, the Rei Keach, and Menhagi Ashkenaz Farm, such as the Maril, Shumas Adeshir, Isaac Tirna, and many reasons are given. Many there's many aspects to the meaning, but the Tour writes at the end of Simon Reish Sadik Tess. So to the Sefer Yuchsin brings down that he heard that's on something else, and then he says and so to the Levush and his Sefer says so we see there could be multiple other reasons behind this saying these mirrors, but one aspect is that there's some type of skula that it helps for um, one's memory throughout the week, one's learning. Okay. Akhopanim, that is that is just one example of we could give many more, but we have Rahmanis. You want to give any more? Forget about the Rahmanis. Any more you want to talk it, about? It could, be, it could be one, some will come up throughout this. Okay, so you have to keep on listening. You can't stop now. Okay, fine. Um, in the previous episode, you've talked about various farm that Rabchaim used uh, to write the Sefer. Maybe talk about some of those farm that he used, those unique farm that he used. Okay, so first, um, just to, this, I mentioned, I already mentioned there's some farm written about memory. So Rabchaim Knievsky, when he sets out to write the Sefer, so, um, and he gives his Agdama about it, which we'll get to momentarily. He, he says, what did I use? He says, um, he has a sefer called Shmir Sanefesh for Shmir Malia, and the Haggai is Sham. 
And then he has a then he has the famous Tamim and Hagim, which is interesting that he quotes also um, because this was like um, today it's more accessible, but in the in the 70s it was a pretty rare safer to have, which is a it's similar to a dark chuva type style. On your day, so someone attempted to do a an um, in depth collection of all the literature on Arachaim. He didn't get too far, but it was also from the Munkacher Library. Now, what Rechaim mentions, and this is, where does this topic begin from? This topic, what we're calling is um, collecting all the materials about in Yanim of Zechir. So Rechaim says he had a sefer called Shmir Sanefesh Shmir Malia. So this sefer um, is, it's first printed in the 1870s under the name Shaimer Yisrael. It's printed a few times, and the author was a, a, a very hush of a person, Rav Meir Orbach. He was a prolific writer. Uh, Rabbi Stroll, sorry, Rabbi Stroll Matasio Orbach. I apologize. Now, this Rabbi Orbach wrote a bunch of svarim, and they were actually used by the Mishnabura in writing his Mishnabura. Sometimes he quotes them. Um, now, one of the svarim that he wrote was this safe. Originally, the name was actually um, a different name. It was called Shemer Yisrael. I guess at, um, at some point he, he switched it to Shmir Sanefesh. One of the early editions already has Askam Chasha from the Shalomeshev with Hagais, and it's printed a bunch of times. As already as 1911, a uh, much more expanded version of the Sefer comes out from Rabshapsi Lipschitz with numerous Aesophists. This is the quote Shmir Ma'alya, the Perish Shmir Ma'alya, and this is what Rechaim Kanevsky had, and it takes the, the Sugya to a whole, it, it, it collects the information out there and is mafalpul in the different pieces of information about it, and I'm, gonna, I'm going to give momentarily a specific example, so we could see and appreciate everything from about what's called in this. What's what am I? What's linked? Sorry, what's part of this topic? What Rabbi Knievsky does to the topic also. But this sefer becomes very accepted, as I quoted. Rabbi Lerner wrote the sefer Shmir Zagov Nefesh. So this sefer of Rabbi Knievsky, sefer Zikaron, is quoted extensively. And Lumasha, when one learns the Gemaras that relate to the topics of memory, which we're going to get to in Hyrius, so one opens up an art scroll um, in Hebrew, in English, or the Aizvahadar Masifta, you'll find that it's all, that basically that's the source, is the Sefer Zikaran of Rapan Kanievsky. Basically, he takes a topic that, um, now, the Shmir Ma'alya and, and Shmir Sanefesh, they collect it from multiple sources, and they, what's called Sgulus. Not only varam um, that linked to zechira, they this would link in just to understand the illustrated stuff relating to shame, shame, names such as savas chasid and all types of schools from all types of schools. Varam Rukhanyevsky's safer is not about that. He's focusing on specifically things from memory and what chazal that are found in chazal and rishayim. Now. We see from here, Reb Chaim Kanievsky, again, is Reb Chaim Kanievsky, it was so significant for him. As we know, Reb Chaim Kanievsky was so into um, remembering his learning and chazering. Why it was so important? Because Tyra was so important. So he obviously wanted that one should have an oifen, had to retain all the Tyra that one learns. And that and that's part, it's not about the schools, although there actually is svarm about the schools of Reb Chaim Kanievsky, and that's its own discussion. But... This is specifically things found in Chazal and Rishai. Now, why does he write the Sefer? So, so as I mentioned already a bunch of times, Rebchayim Kanievsky spells this out for us in his introduction. He has a nice introduction on the topic. And in the introduction, he says, he brings down the Gemara, that I, um, um, basic, he brings down an interesting Medrash, 
which which says that Hashem Baruch made in the Bria that you don't that you forget because otherwise people wouldn't learn. If you remember everything you did after you learned, if you learned it, you just would, you wouldn't have any motive to hazard or learn again. So he made, he, it's it's built into the human being um, that one forgets. Anyway, so the question is, and I I mentioned already the Gemara and the Mishnayis about it: Is it an iser? Is it a is it a serious iser? Is it iser the Raisa or is it iser the Rabban? So Rukhain Knesky here says that one's supposed to do what one can do. He says, that you should not forget your learning, but um, he's not... Uh, and, and then he goes and says, what should one do? Okay? So that... and Sorry. that um, that go, And that's what... And that's what the first part of the Sefer is. It has um, 28 pieces. And he says what to do. How to remember what's going to be good for your memory? What's the examples? So first is davening, and he brings gemaras and chaza, other chazals that the kaiyach of tefila, your um, um, anava and midas. Then he has a, a piece called miutainig. He brings from a gemara. If you're too involved in gashmias, it's going to affect your memory of learning Torah. Then of course chazara, and he has a whole long piece on makayus about that, saying to say it out loud. Um, Understanding, and he has a few other tips that he mentions learning from a safer. And one, which we'll obviously discuss a little bit more later on, is was making memory, lasse um, siman, and memory devices. Um, the famous one is eating pashachris, already brought down halacha, and others. Okay, but the, and this is the first part of the safer, and each one he'll say a sentence, haragel be pashachris. So sometimes he'll bring you a gemara, and he'll, sometimes he'll say ha'ara, and he'll, um, that's the first part of the sefer. It's about three, four pages. Okay. Now, but that, but that, up till now, these are posit- these are ways how to remember. Um, but what about doing things that might make me forget? What is, what is that? So that's the second section, and that's most of this sefer, which is not all that big. It's about thirteen pages of sefer, and then between all the haysafis and meluim, you probably, if it was reprinted today, which I imagine it will be printed properly in the next in the next uh, near future by the family it'll probably end up being something closer to 20 pages if it's if it continues in this small print but the way things go today they'll probably turn to a whole massive safer with more marmakimus and and bigger print because this is small print anyway so helic bays of the safer is mostly about areas that are, that if you do these things you're going to forget what are these things so 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 um and and what is the sources for these things that what one does so so as I said, Rukhain Knesky emphasized already in the beginning of the Sefer, um, Gemaras. Okay? One such Gemara is found in the Hyrius Yudgimel on the base. It's a famous Gemara. It says, if you do these five things, you forget your learning. It says, what's those things? Eating uh, Akbar, or something that, imal, that a, a Khatul ate from. Or you eat a, a leaf of an animal. Or if you eat, your, then it says a lashon of haragel bezaisim. You eat your ruggle to eat zaisim olives. Then it has a few more things, and then it says You sleep on, and you have um, you have your clothes as your pillow. Okay. Then the Gemara continues and has some other things that help retain your learning. One of them is a famous, which we'll get to, is haragel b'shem zayas. Okay. And then, then the Gemara continues, has different things, and it says, if ha'ayver ben shnei nashim, um, ve'ha'ish ha'ayver is ben shnei anashim, this is also 
Mamastako Bufne Mace, Akoyuk Sav Shagabe Akever, reading the, the tombstone, and there's other things in the Gemara mentioned. So, but Kitzer, it's a Gemara. So, what does one do when you learn a Gemara? You want to know if it's Allah Lamaisa. So, you automatically, we, we ha- we're spoiled. We look on the side of our Gemara and we look at the various tools that, that are found on a regular Gemara and we, we, we try to find if it's where it is in the Torah, in Shulchan Aruch, Rambam, and, and you'll find that there's no, there's, you always look for the little letter and there's no indication to see where this Gemara is brought down. One looks in Shulchan Aruch. It's not in Shulchan Aruch. So what's going on? You have a Gemara that says, you do these things, you're, you're going to forget your learning. And it's not brought down halacha. So already, um, so that obviously is why, so Rukhain Kanievsky already begins in, in his introduction about this second section, and he talks about this, and he brings them, that there's, there's a, the Gemara that I started with, the Menachas, that says, if you forget your learning, you're even the love of Yishamer Lecha, so maybe if I go ahead and I eat things that cause me forgetting, is it a lav de raisa? So he brings, the, so he comes out, Yochan Knevsky himself concludes, from based on the Sefer Hasidim, that it's not a iser de raisa. And it, he says it's not even a iser de rabbanon. And he says, since, and one of his raias is, is what I just said, that we find, so we see it's not such an iser. They don't bring it down lahalacha. Okay, so what's shad in the Gemara Menachas? That that's its own discussion. Um, but he says, however, he goes ahead and writes a whole conscious of another ten pages. So what's he doing? So he says, and he says why, and we'll we'll get to why in a, in a second. Similar to his conclusion, Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Orbach has a similar conclusion, and they, they bring down a Halicha Shlomo. He also says about all these things, the Gemara, and he says, Kal Eil Advarim Einbam Iser Medina El Mishum Zehirus V'Loim Rinim Binyanu Segulim Chamir Sakanta. Okay, but Rabbi Lerner, who I told you in the Shmir Sagafanefes, she brings down multiple sources that seem to argue, but this is Rukhain Kenyasi's Psak and Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Orbach about what. What this is the background for what we're about to see. Okay, now Masechtas Hayrius one opens up to Meiri, and the Meiri also does not sound like it's Mamasha Isadirais uh, or even Isadirabana, but he has a it's a it's a beautiful piece. Could I very much to learn? But basically, one should go out of his way to preserve to do things, to eat things, and watch what he does to preserve his learning. But it's more like a etzatayva or a medical zach, which would go into perhaps. Medical aids that we find in Gemara, which is this is definitely not the only place we have such a thing. Okay, so where does it come from that all that any of these things, that, let's say even the things mentioned in this Gemara in Hayrius, is even brought down a halacha? So we have in the, in 1692 a chibur comes out which changes the face of the world of halacha. Till today, the Magen Avram, the Magen Avram brings down in at least three places different pieces. That are based on these Gemaras in Hyrius, and and he brings them down from Arizals. Now, one of them is, um, which also is 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 an extension of this of these Gemaras, is we're putting on, um, putting on, getting dressed, putting on two items of two articles of clothes at once. So it's already a Magen Avram in Simon Base. If Cotton Gimel brings down Arizal and Sefer Kavanis, which also relates to this, um, wiping one's clothes. Uh, wiping one's hands on one's clothes, which is also a Tajbitz Katan, Talmud and Rami Rutterberg. Magen Avram brings this down in Kuf, in Kuf Munches. 
And there's a Magnav Ram, which is talking about Zeisim, which we'll get to. So Rebchan Kineski already in his Hagdama says, one should, um, um, Lemaisa, he says, because we find, and, he, and then he still, he, he points out these three Magnav Rams. So we see you should be Nizar in them. Interestingly enough, he says, from here we see women, what about women? But they don't have to, because already he brought from the, he proved from a certain, from this piece in Sefer Hasidim, that the Sefer Hasidim shows it's based on his learning of the Sefer Hasidim, that it's not even a derais, not a derabanan. So for women, they don't have to be Nizar in these Idyanim, but, um, and a Katan certainly doesn't. Okay, fine. And people do, people do argue. But as I said, this is Rechaim Knievsky's approach, and this is Roshem Zalman Orbach's approach. Now, what about um, um, the third Makar in the Magan Avram, what Rechaim already points to, is Simon Kofayin, Sifkatan Yud Tes. So there, the Magan Avram brings down a piece from the Ariza, which says, about Dvarim that make one forget, Kigoyin Zeisim, Ukiyaitzvahen, Says the Magen Avram, "Ain't zel ba'amaretz. It's only for amaretz. I've a oichlim bekavana kenoida. My sifin lo izachirak. You masakin oisay. Because somehow eating, if you eat olives and you have the right kavanas, it does. It helps the memory even more. What's the makar for the Magen Avram? He says ksavim. So now, what is the makar when the Magen Avram says ksavim? The makar is the sefer kavanas, which is already printed, and I believe in Shin Pei. And this was the sefer that the Magen Avram had when he was using, when he was bringing down the Arizah." For halacha was the sefer kavanas. It's not like how the um, let's say, for example, the Mechon Yushalayim edition of the Shulchan Aruch with the Magen Avram. They bring down the makar for this result is something else, and that is not the makar for the Magen Avram. Every time he says ksavim, he's referring to the kavanas. And there was another work of the Arizal that he had, which was the Shulchan, which was called Shulchan Aruch Arizal. We don't know who did it, but someone pieced together different materials. Arizal, the, the Shulchan Aruch Arizal also talks about this aspect and has a similar nusach about it. And there's differences in all the nusachos, but that's beyond our, beyond the scope of what we're talking about now. Since I discussed before um, shameless promotion, I want to take this opportunity. Maybe you guys can tell us in one second. Well, can I run something special for Rabbi Doctor Eliezer Brat? Um, I, I believe your the doctor in your name has to do with the Magen Avram. <laughs> yes, it does. Baruch Hashem, I was able to spend many years learning some of the Magen Avram, and that was a, and I've written some stuff about it. But uh, that's just I have Rachmanus. Okay, now so that's why you take the liberty to argue on Machon Yushalayim. That that's where it comes from. Yeah, but uh, yeah, okay, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Anyway, it's interesting is this particular this particular Rizal, um, so the Archashulchan brings it down from the Magen Avram, but the Mishnah Brewer does not. So we see already the, the whole person that I'm saying that's bringing down the Rizal that talks about Zaysim, and even the Rizal who doesn't come out with Zaysim, that, that it's going to be us that eat Zaysim, because according to the Rizal, it's really just for Amaratim, whatever the, the Amarats of the Rizal. Uh, maybe that could be, um, at least myself, I still probably am an Amarats of, um, of an Rizal, I would imagine. But what is Pshat that the Mishnah doesn't bring down this? And he does bring down some of the others that Rechaim Kanievsky brings down. Now, in general, it's very interesting over here as we see something about the Arizal, because the Gemara doesn't say anything about that the Amar doesn't make a differentiation between Amarits and a regular person. It says, it says, Haragil, um, Haragil, what's the Lashem? Bezesim. It doesn't say anything that Amarits doesn't say anything about Kavana. So you see here the Arizal, um, okay, fine. Something that Tariza is adding to the to the to the sugya. Okay, but I'm not coming to be 
um, to go amkus into all the protum of every aspect of the Arizal. There's a lot to say in, in general and in this sugya and all the different Lashonis of how the different pieces of the Arizal brought down. One piece I will say soon, but for the most part, it's not for now. Now, okay. So, now, I, um, so, so, it's so anyway, the point is that these this Magan of Ram, this is the start of how this thing that how this topic of eating olives even gets into Allah into the world of Allah, so to speak. Because already, as I point out from the Gemara, there's no Rishinim really that mention um as a Isser or something like that. And as I said, Rakhan Kinevsky, I wanted to bring an interesting Raya. Rakhan Kinevsky, Mamish held that this is not Halakha Lamaisa and it's only Sorva Eitzah. And the Raya is like this. Rakhan Kinevsky, and I'm gonna elaborate this on in fu- in future Shiram, I hope. Is that Rechaim Yeski was a crazy makbid that he's not writing svarim alacha lamaisa, and he writes this in numerous svarim. I, I I believe I mentioned this in the, by the grasshopper sefer he says such a lashon, and by tattoos he says it, and he says it in his shayna alachas and derech he says it all over. That even though he's writing halacha that it works, it's not halacha lamaisa. By this sefer, sefer zikaron, he doesn't write this anywhere. He doesn't say big letters. This don't rely on me halacha lamaisa. Why not? The answer is because he holds, and that's what he writes in this introduction. It's not isadaraisa. It's not isadarabanan even. It's an Indian nachli zarlechatchila. So therefore, this sefer he could, even though lishitasi he never would do such a thing for if it was real halacha. But he, this sefer he doesn't have to make such a disclaimer and po- post it all over the sefer, which he does elsewhere. Okay, I'll call upon him to just uh, throw it out there. Fine. Okay, now. So now I, um, we led up to with this Magan Avram and everything. So what's the later discussion? And here, and the point of this is to bring out Rukhain Kanievsky, what he brings to the table also about eating olives. So up till now, we get, if, we're, if we're frozen in 1692, we have an Arizal brought down by the Magan Avram. Fine. So it comes along Rukhain Kanievsky in this section of the Sefer. And he has, he says, Haragel Bezesim, and he brings you down a Gemara Hirius that we just mentioned. He brings you down a Rabbeinu Bechai about it. He brings down this Magen Avram. He brings down... An, okay. Then he says like this. What the Gemara says, Ragil. So, so what does this mean? Let's say someone only needs it. Lefrakim. And obviously we're handling what does this mean. So he says like this. He brings down from a Gemara in Brachas, a Gemara in Yavamas, a Yerushalmi in Brachas, and a Yerushalmi in another place, that they ate olives. And he says there's other places. So therefore, it, as long as you're not Ragil, you're allowed to eat olives. Okay? So this is Rechaim Knievsky using his tremendous pekiyas, which we've elaborated on numerous times already. He says like that. But the problem is, what is Ragil? So he says, what does Ragil mean? He brings you a raya based on a Gemara in Brachas, that it means once in 30 days. So therefore... That, that's his conclusion um, for the thing. So someone wants to eat every few months olives. You could, according to this. Now, it's interesting is, the Benesh Chai says, when he talk, he's specifically talking about our Gemara, um, of Ragel over here, he says it's doing something three times. But what is the three times? When? Is it in a month? Is it in a lifetime? It's very vague. So Chaim Knievsky, his Hagdara is a little better. It's not a little better. It's much better. And it's based on a Gemara and Brachos. So we see already point number one is Chaim Knievsky bringing to the table with his tremendous Bakias that they ate that they ate olives. Svetans, that not only do they eat olives, what does it mean what, in the Gemara? Back to the Gemara that says that if you can eat olives, it's problematic. Says Chaim Knievsky, Ruggel, um, that what's Ruggel that you would not get into the problem. 
what's in, sorry, what's ruggle? And then if you don't do ruggle, then you, you'll be you'll be okay. Fine. Continuing on, Ruchaim Kanievsky um, talks about is he brings down Rabbi Yaakov Emden. Rabbi Yaakov Emden in his Haggai's over here in the Gemara in Hyrius, and also Mark Tzio, both quoted by Rabbi Yaakov Emden, says, what about if one eats um, there's two types of olives. There's olives that are raw, and then olives that are not. The, m- many olives that we have, um, they're pickled olives or something like something of the sort. So what will be the dim with that? So he says the Gemara is talking about if you eat raw olives, but if they're pickled, that's not going to be a problem. Okay. So he brings down this um, this Rebbe and he says, look in the Meiri. So I already quoted earlier the Meiri. He says if you look in the Meiri, he says that if it's salted, it's going to be a problem, not like Rabbi Yaakov Emden. Okay. But the problem is, I, I said is that when you learn the Miri, it's not Pasha if the Miri is talking halacha or not, or it's more like it's a taiva um, uh, that Chazal have for you. Okay. Then he brings down that they would eat olives. So it's not enough that they eat olives. He shows that they ate olives that were um, pickled. From where he again he uses his, his vast bacchus in Trumus and a rash over there and another place in your Trumus. Then he then he has a problem based on Yerushalmi and Brachas. And he so Bikitzer again here we have Rabbi dealing with this, dealing with this Rabbi Akavendim based on his incredible bakias and using seeing the Rishayim on the on the top. Okay, great. Now then he goes on and he says. That he, he refers you back to the Sefer Shmir Sanefesh, which I mentioned at the outset that the Sefer is what he had. So, what, so the Shmir Sanefesh, so first the Shmir Sanefesh talks, he brings down our Gemara in Hyrius based on a different Nusach from the Chupas Elio, which is found in the Rashi's Chachma. Okay, then later on he says the, the, the Shmir Sanefesh brings down one, a Ragel Bezesim, Kashel Shitcha, that you're gonna, you're gonna forget your, your, your learn. Okay. So then I said there's a Shmir Malia. So this Pir Shmir Malia brings down a whole discussion of Marmachimus about eating similar to what we just discussed from Yaakov Emden and other, other Gishmaka Makairis about the topic. Now, later on, this Sefer was printed with different Haggais. So one of the Haggais was from a, one of the Chashiva Dayanim in um, Yushalayim, was a Rabbi Yisrael Valitz, a Hungarian Paisik, and he writes in his Agais on this Shmir Sanefesh, he says, he says, um, in Yushalayim, they ate, um, they were in Makbid. What's going on? So he says, what what they did was, because if you look further in the Gemara, it says, if someone goes ahead and eats olive oil, that helps. So just have to make sure, to make sure, what's the medicine when you're eating olives? Make sure to have it with olive oil. And that will help you not have a problem. So comes, so says, uh, so that that's one eta. And he says, and that was the minig. Um, I believe he says that was the minig. That that was the minig that people did in Yerushalayim. Says Rukhain Knievsky, it says that if one eats olive oil, it's going to help your memory. But who said what's the right combination? And who said every person's the same? So just because, you, who, how do you know how much olive oil is going to battle and how many olives? So how many olives are you going to eat and how many olives, how much olive oil do you have to have to battle it that it's going to be a problem? So Chaim Kineski says he, do, he doesn't like that itza. Okay. 
Now, here's where it gets a drop more interesting. So first, I mentioned earlier, Rabbi Yudayim Udina, so he writes already in his Sefer, he just throws out an uh, interesting piece of information. Not, this doesn't help us but, um, um, as much, but he says, um, I remember until I was 13, I was regular, I ate daily bread with Shemin Zayas. And my, when I was young, my memory was incredible. This is what he writes. Okay, so without, so we see, uh, not, the Chazal, not that we need any um, rias for Chazal, but he said he tested it and it worked. Okay. But, um, okay, so now we have interesting, some interesting tidbits about this particular story. When um, I mentioned already in the first time, and more than once I've quoted the Sefer Hasvarim put out by one of his grandchildren of Rebbe Knievsky, all about the Svarim Rebbe So he talks about the safe this Sefer. So he says, um, Chagnesky wrote this sefer, and he says that my and he brings an interesting um, nusach for um, the feedback that he got when he wrote this sefer. What does he say? He says like this: He says um, he brings down the Rabbi Yaakov Emden and everything fine. He says that someone met Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Orbach, and when he came, um, and he said that he had tainus because beforehand. Um, after Kanyevsky came out with the Sefer, he didn't have what to eat with his bread daily because he can't have Shemenzas. That's the story in here. He was complaining to Kanyevsky's wife. Uh, that's the story in this um, Sefer. Okay. Now, so there's a, one of the um, many Svarim out there that, we deli- that deal with um, the stipler and has many introdu- many a piece of information from Chagnieski is a famous sefer Arches Rabenu. Arches Rabenu was a t- was a brother-in-law of Reb Shlomo Zalman Orbach, and he was very close Talmud both uh, with the Chazanish and with the stipler for many years. And he wrote down many things about the stipler that he anyway he talks about what about the stipler and eating olives, based on this Gemara, and about this Rabbi Yaakov Emden and based that we mentioned. And basically, it sounds like the stipler was not okay. So too, it sounds like. Um, the, um, he brings down that Chazanish was also Makbid, and that this Eitzah of pouring at Shemen Zayis is not good. Then he says um, that um, the stipler told his wife, don't buy olives. Okay. Then he says, Rukhan Kineski himself said he ate, as long as it wasn't in 30 days, Rukhan Kineski himself would eat olives. And then he says, what about Rukhan Zalman Orbach? He says, when Rukhan Zalman Orbach got the safer, he says, you messed up my breakfast. Okay, similar to what we just said. But he says, what was his minig? The minig was like the minig of Yushalayim, similar to what I quoted from Revalitz, that they would eat Shemen Zayis together. Okay, so this is how the Arches Rabbeinu, and Arches Rabbeinu is a reliable source, not only for the Stipler and Rechan Kanyevsky and the Chazanish, he's also a brother of Rav Shemen Zalman Orba. Okay, so another person brings down a version of the story with Rav Shemen Zalman Orba. And he says, what about eating? He says, this that Rav Chaim Knievsky says, that who said, you're going to know how much to combine the, um, how much olive oil goes against olives, Rav Shlomo didn't go for it so much. He says a very big Kiddush. Who says it needs to be exact? Who said you need to weigh up and have it exact? This is not, um, this is in Yoni Sguli. This is not Tully in, in, in real things. So just be, so it's good enough if you have, if you ate olives and you counter it with what the Gemara says immediately afterwards. You don't have to have, there's no measurement that's going to be necessary to have to come and 
and that's going to help. So that's Rosh Hashanah. This is brought down by the Talmud of Rosh Hashanah Orbach, who wrote a beautiful sefer of all different types of material of conversations he had with Rosh Hashanah Orbach called Madani Shloima, Yachmiel Freed from Dallas, Texas. And so he has a whole piece about this that he spoke to Rosh Hashanah Orbach. And the Halicha Shloima also in Tefillah, page Chaf Gimel, they have this that Rosh Hashanah Orbach held that the Minigir Shloima is fine. So it's interesting over here, they're, they both these stories don't say what Rosh Hashanah Orbach himself was naive, that basically Rosh Hashanah Orbach was Machmir. And this fits with what we know about Rosh Hashanah Orbach, which is that even though he was he was a Paisic and he would be Mako for many people, himself he would be he will be much more machmir. He actually tried to hide what he would be knowing himself. And here we see Darchas Rabbein is bringing down Rosh Hashanah was fatainet, so to speak, with Rosh Hashanah after you say for you messed up my my breakfast. But for people, he held that they have definitely have what to rely on if you um, eat at the same time the olives and the olive oil. Okay, but the um, but the point I'm trying to bring is even though this sounds like such a Okay, you know, as I said, here you see both, you see Rukhain Kanievsky, and you see um, how he uses his knowledge, even on something small, a Gemara, that, that it's not even brought down la so much, how he goes about it. Okay, but I'd just like to, um, one last point in the Sugi of Olives, and then we'll move on, is, uh, is as follows. Is there, is there new material about this? So, like everything, Baruch Hashem, we have new material about this topic. What I mean is that the... the New discoveries are made. So a few years ago, there was an incredible discovery. We found a magic safer, yes, a magic safer of Reb Chaim Vital. This is its own discussion, many hours to discuss, but we're not going to now. And in this safer is different in Yanam of Kabbalah from Reb Chaim Vital. And it's an authentic safer in his handwriting. And here we have, when he talks about olives, so first he has a piece where he says he saw people that ate Zesim Harbe. They 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 caused them great. They forgot everything. They were very forgetful. Okay, so that that fits in line with what we know. Then he says a few pages later he talks by Rijos how to make how to soak your olives, that it should be different methods. Mamish um, uh, how to make your olives and um, and then you will be able to eat it. How to soak it for a few months. So here we see, um. Similar to what Rav Yaakov Emden said, and Rav Yaakov, the Rav Yaakov Emden's sack will be found even Rav Chaim Vital, who was who were saying from the Arizal and everything. And you don't now you don't need to use what the Arizal said if you have the right kavanas, which that we don't know what those kavanas are. We're not mukubalim, but if it's soaked, I mean, say it's pickled olives, then you have you have from this Rav Chaim Knievsky, sorry, this from this Rav Chaim Vital. Like Rabbi Yaakov Emden, Sayin his Agayis on Gemara and his Marktzia. Okay, Atkan, this is the story of the olives, and this is Rukhain Knievsky's take on the olives um, for now. Okay. Wow. <laughs> okay, so should everybody go to the refrigerators and get rid of their olives? Their, uh, their olive cream cheese and their olive, whatever they use for their, uh, for their breakfast. Okay, everyone make their own decisions based on where they're holding in life. That's what Eliezer Brot would say. Um, and we're not going to judge exactly, you, right? Exactly. We're not going to judge you if you're a good person or a bad person. Anyway, okay. Um, is that it for foods? Or you want to talk about anything else? Yes, yeah, so we're just going to give one very one other example, which we mentioned in the Gemara from Hyrius. It says, Okay, so this is a Gemara. 
And again, here, Chaim Klinevsky has some material about it. I'm just going to focus on one tiny piece. He says, V'shamati amarona chazanish. That he was very mocked on this particular thing, not to walk between women or have women walk. Okay, now the Shadows, what about a katana? He says, so Chaim Knievsky writes, maybe a katana is not, you don't have to be mocked. Um, well, she's not an Isha. Okay, now just to throw out one tidbit about this is that here Chaim Knievsky doesn't say that he saw. He says, Shamati al Marana Chazanish. So there's a, there's a, so the Chazanish, as we know, there's so much material about the Anhagas of the Chazanish, and, and Rechaim Knievsky was the person um, that his father already writes about in Archis Rabbeinu, that he was the person that relied on for many of the things, but he didn't see everything but the Chazanish. So there was a, interesting is that there was a writer, a Yiddish writer, who, before he went off to Derech, he learned with the Chazanish for a few years, and he was very famous. His name was Chaim Grada. And Chaim Grada wrote a novel, and in the novel, the character, one of the characters, so to speak, of his novel, which is all based on true information, is um, a lot of the story is, but the, all the facts that he talks about, specific, specifically about the Chazanish, is all true. And there's a passage there in this book, it's called the Yeshiva. He said, he's referring to when he saw the Chazanish coming to visit. Um, so then they saw that basically there was, it seems like there were some women outside the base medrash. The Chaznish was about to walk into the base medrash and they couldn't understand why the rabbi, the rabbi wasn't going into the base medrash. So he chapped right away that the, that the, that the, that the wouldn't pass between the women. So he went outside. So he would be shoulder to shoulder with the, with, with the Chazanish, and then he would have no problems passing the women. Anyway, this is Stanley Adia, but it was known the Chazanish was very Machman, and we have Rukhan Knievsky. You don't need to come on to Chaim Grada. I'm just throwing that out there for another source about it. Okay. Anyway, that's only one other aspect, but as Rukhan Knievsky goes through, he has a, um, a total of 37 Makairis that are based on the Iker, Gemaras, Chazal, and Paiskim about Kashal Shekha. Okay. So that women, Reb Chaim also writes that that's not a halacha. I mean, we're not in the, we're not passing over here, but that's also minig. So it's a gemara. Again, it's a gemara, and based on Reb Chaim Kanievsky, it's not. It's a lechatchila. You should be makped. He says this particular one, the Chazanish was very makped about, but and that's all. More than that, you got to ask your local rabbi. No, without polling people, I would think you know, just I don't know, from being around, it seems like people are more makped on that one than than on olives. Right, could be correct. Okay, um, so you mentioned some of this farm that Reb Chaim, a couple of this farm before that Reb Chaim used um, to build off this safer, safer as a Karin. Um, in the previous episodes, you mentioned like not just farm that he built off, but certain other farm that he would bring in um, that were interesting. How he even tied them in? Any interesting farm that he brings in ties in specifically to the safer? Yeah, so what, um, he's looking for anhagas of people that were knowing these different things, that they actually did this. So one source that he brings more than once is a sefer called Leket Yaisher. Leket Yaisher is a collection of Makairis from a Talmud of the Chumas Adeshim. So what's so interesting about this? So um, uh, um, just uh, very, very briefly, um, he quotes it over here at least uh, twice. Once he, in a different sefer, I found that he 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 had Rebel Yashiv come down because of something he saw in the Lekav Yashiv. It was a sefer that he was very familiar with. Now the sefer, what is the sefer? The sefer is a Talmud that was learned by and lived by the Trumas Adeshin, one of the most important sources of the Rama. So this Talmud would record everything he saw by his Rebbe. 
the Sefer remained in manuscript for hundreds of years, and only in 1903 does it come out. Earlier pieces were quoted in the 1870s by Avram Berliner, but not really. Until 1903, then the Sefer comes out, it's on Yonam of Archaim, Yerdeh, it's fascinating the amount of material. Here we have the Trumas Hadeshen, tons of material that we don't have in his Trumas Hadeshen, and we see what he did, all types of things. So one, so Chaim Kineski used it also. Now, like everything else, one point or another, someone's going to get gr- um, grump about it. So yes, a, ch- a very chashavat hamachacham in Nebrak, Rabbi Chil Zilber said that there's some very strange things in here. He doesn't want to rely on it. Okay. Then there was another another big bucky, Rehudali um, um, Ben David. He also went with a similar. He also was found things in here to be um, that he didn't like. Okay. But. Um, there was a very hush of a um, Paisik, his name was Rabbi Shmuel Monk, and he has an, uh, many chuvas for him called Pasadecha, full of interesting things. He writes that there's nothing wrong with the Sefer. We could see Nikar Mitach Svarv, that even if he wasn't a Paisik, but he was Medayik very carefully, in what, and he was Meshamish as Rebbe, and what he wrote is true. It's not a Ziof, and there's no problems with the Sefer, and he held that you could rely on this particular Sefer. The who was this? Shmuel Monk. Where was he from, and when? Which, which he was a, he, he was also someone that uh, a Yekisha Paisik, and he lived in um, Haifa, and he's a worthy person to talk about at great length. He wrote a bunch of svarim pasadech. He's quoted a lot of times in contemporary svarim. He, he died um, probably twenty five years ago, something like that. And anyway, the Lekad Yaisher. So we see here Chaim Knievsky using it a few times, and. Just to mention, Mechon Yishalayim recently re-put, put it out based on they have an autograph Saviad of the Mechaber because the original one was not based on the autograph. It was based on someone copied or whatever. But anyway, it's available today in your local bookstores. It's a very useful, safer, very enjoyable, safer to read. Here you see the Anhagas. Today, we're very common. We buy, um, people like to buy the Anhagas of different Gedolim, such as I mentioned the Archus Rabbeinu of the Stiplers, five volumes, everything the Stipler did. Here we have the Trum Sadesh, and one of the main Paiskim that the Ramah relied on in creating his 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 work on Shulchan Aruch, we have. Okay. Adkan, um, um, one interesting safer just to throw out there. Okay. Um, anything else? Anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this up? Yeah. So we'll just, I would like to conclude with one uh, with one piece. We'll try to make it as brief as possible. I have Rachmanis on everyone at this point. And that is like this. As he said, Rechaim Knievsky, besides recording Chazals, he quotes for this sugya something called Brisa the Maisa Taira. And this Brisa the Maisa Taira, so it sounds, what's this Brisa the Maisa Taira? So, it has a different name also. Sometimes it's called Perke Rabbein Arkadosh. So very interesting, it's a very interesting chibur, very unclear what it is. Um, but it seems the Gra was very fascinated with this chibur. And not only that, he added, the Gra added material, Rabbi Raman writes that my father added a lot of material to the to the Maise or whatever the Maise is, is, and, and I even added to that. Okay. When they found this Xaviad, they um, you know, many um, this Xaviad with the Vilna Dines, how dies to this, they didn't know what it was. They asked, they sent letters to the Shiloh Meshiv, there's stories, there's other. It, it, it seemed to be a very strange Hebrew, and they could never they couldn't get to the bottom of what it is. Now, besides Abhai Knievsky in this safer, on memory used it and he used it in many others for him, in, in, in I mentioned already more than once that there's these fascinating letters between him and Rabdoy Vlanda called Sikh Dover. Was printed Mamish very recently, and in here also there's a bunch of letters between them that they handled this price of the Maisa Tire of Dave Landau 
and Rukhain Kanievsky, leave it up to them to handle the pieces about this Bryce of the Mysotire. So not only the Vilma Goyim, we have Rukhain Kanievsky being in this. Rukhain Kanievsky uses it also over here. So what is this Chibur? So the answer is this Chibur, you open it up, it's Api the Aleph base, and you'll find it goes according to, it'll bring down, let's find a piece. Where is this a Gemara? Then it'll bring down. It goes according to letter. Um, it'll go things that are the letter with, that are associated with two in Chazal. Where is this from? A mechilta. And let me just give one more example. What are they? There's two different, there's two midas, and it's a Gemara Menachas. Beis mitzvah shenizgalu tamon. Lo yarba lo inoshim, velo yarba susim. Where is this? A Gemara in Sanhedrin. So you look at this, and you're like, what, what's the significance about this? Basically, it goes through the Aleph Beis, and it has told all different memories taken from Gemara and Chazal. Api numbers. Okay. Say that. So first, one thing is, and this is what Rukhain Knievsky is using, and this is what the Vilna is using, is sometimes it could be a different girsa in something brought down over here. Rishayim had this chibur, and this is why Rukhain Knievsky is using it for the topic, because there is some gears, differences in the girsa. So the Algamar and Hayri is in this chibur, and Rukhain Knievsky points out of six or seven in this chibur, and this is why it's also important for the Vilna But as I said, the Shailamashiv brings down um, and uh, they said, Rabbi Kivager, when he looked at this, he could understand what's this, what's behind this chibur. So I already mentioned earlier that this, that the memory that we mentioned, there's something called simanim, and there is different, let's say that's achadash have different ways I remember. So what fascinated the gra, and so to Rabbi Kanievsky, in my eyes, is that this, um, a lot of times, in order to remember information, a good way to remember it is with numbers. As I said, Rukhain Kineski brings down Simanim. So this is the Vilna Gain with Chazer Shas Kaseder with tons of material in, in in he would try to put it into ways how to remember. So therefore he created, and we have we have these lists, Klalim and Hilchas Brachas, Klalim and Hilchas Tires, Klalim and Hilchas Tuma, the, the Melachim based of um, Karbanis. He would have all types of lists. And this Bryson Maisatari, which is early on, was Alpi the Seder Aleph base, different collections of numbers. So sometimes it could be a Shina Nusach in it, but other times it's just simple, easy way to retain crazy amounts of information. Not only was the Vilna going into this type of thing, the I mentioned in the past, the Vilna Gain had a tremendous Talmud of Zalman and Valajan. The Toldos Adam has a whole parak Arichos that, that Rabbi Cheskel, Cheskel Faivel has a whole parak in the Sefer Toldos Adam that Rabbi Zalman Valajan also was into these type of things to help memorize and remember tons of information in Chazal. There's a lot to say about it. We won't go into this Barichos, but just to say two um, two points about this, that it's not only the, 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 that um, Zevin Lamashal writes this, that the Gra was like this, that the Gra was into this type of thing. Um, there's a famous story. One time, Rabbi Shrol Shklover and Pastor Shulchan brings down that there was a person that said to the Vilna Gain, he knows Masech the Sukkah, he wants to get tested. Okay, Bekitzer, he, he asks him a question. And he says like this, the famous thing, he says, how many machleksin are there in the Masechta between Rameir, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Tarfin, Rabba, Rabbi Yehuda, Abaya, Rava, Vachul, Vachul? He starts listing them out. Um, and, he, and he starts going through in order all the different, how many, all the different sukkahs that are kosher in the Masechta. And this is how, and he, um, this is how he would retain the, the, um, 
he retained lots of information. Is he would he would ask and he would say, "How do you, um, he he would ask and he, this is how he tested this person was specifically he would say, "How many machlokesin are there in this masechta?" Which is very similar to how what I'm what I'm seeing in this brayson and maisatayra. How many dinim you learn about? How many sukkas psulas are there? And how many um, sukkas cheiros are there? And how they're learned? Okay, now. Um, Reb Chaim Knievsky, similarly, we now have tests. They've been printed in a few different places. Reb Chaim Knievsky, different tests that Reb Chaim Knievsky gave to kids when they would come, or groups of Talmud Chachamim. And, and these tests, a lot, um, interestingly enough, one of the questions that he would ask in a Masechta would be, at the end of the Masechta, he would say, let's say you're learning Mechves um, uh, Klayim. So he'd say, tell me, in Klayim, where Brachas, Peah, Shviyas, Chumas, and the list goes on and on and on, where all these halachas come up in the Masechta. Then afterwards he says, and then tell me how Gidanasha comes up in Klayim. And then he would, and he ends off how Megillus Esther comes up in Klayim. Simply, then he has Lamashal in a test on Demai. It ends off, he goes a similar type of thing. How does Lemon come in? Yerushamayim, Brachas, Rav Haigayim, how does he come in? And now we do have that. Baruch Hashem, we have the answers. They printed the answers in a few different places, but the same idea. Rav another place that we have. Rav Haigayim would remember, would, um, his father used to teach him a song. Echad mi yedeya, echad ani what will he say? He had a song using um, numbers to help remember and retain tons of information. This is something that it's only, I'm saying that the Vilna Gain was into and with this test that we saw that he gave him Masech Sukkah and his, his fascination with the Bryce and the Mice of Tyre. This also, we see people, um, the Rukhain um, Knievsky, was very into it, and Michal into this type of thing. This is a way how one could remember information. To in conclude, when we everyone makes a seum, and Rechaim Knesset is legendary for making a seum, he would end the seum with, we end the seum, we talk about the names of the, we list out the various sons of Repapa. So what's interesting is, there's a chuva of high going, what's the reason behind this? He says, because it helps one remember. One just learnt, just finished the Masechta, so you need to remember. This is a school to help one remember, saying the t- names of, of B'nai Repapa. So Rechaim Knievsky brings this down in a safe. Okay. And there's other Makairis that say that this is what it is. Rechaim Knievsky, and this we conclude, has in, the, in, in, in his, in one of his um, svarim over here, in the Siach, in the back of the Siach Asada, he has a kuntras. Where he talks about these bnei of papa, so we, so everyone knows. It says asaris bnei of papa, right? Chaim has a list with. <laughs> is he crazy? How many? Again, obviously it's not one of papa. He says, but a numerous, numerous children of Rav Papa that are mentioned in Sifrei Chazal, Rishonim, I mean, you just look at it and you're like, oh, this is Rechaim Kanievsky. Obviously, he was Mekayim, What he, he lived by this. He hazard. He didn't, ju- he, he didn't just eat olives or not eat olives. He, that, that wasn't the point. He sat and learned. He hazard everything. He made Samanim to remember, to retain his information. And, and this is one of the keys of how someone, uh, um, why I said it all the way in the beginning, the blueprint, why this safer I see in it, Rav Chaim Knievsky. So here we see what I keep on saying, Rav Chaim Knievsky, and I'm linking him to different people. Here we see the connection with the Vilna Gain. This is a similar Nakudu by the Vilna Gain also. Chazara, Benali Chazara helped coming up with Eitzis. And it's not only for, Rav Chaim Knievsky did it for him, he had different ways. Every person should come up with Eitzis, how to retain and, and remember information. I'll conclude with the following story. And this is not a story that just happened hundreds of years ago. It just relates to all this. I, I was fascinated when I heard it. And the story is like this. There's a book. It's called 
uh, Moonwalking with Einstein. And basically, there's something till today. It's called a Olympics. It's called a Memory Olympics. So you'll ask, what in the world is that? The answer is like this. There's ways how to remember information, large amounts of information. As I said, it used to be that they didn't have Svarim, they didn't write, even in the even the non-Jewish world. So they used to come up with methods how to remember information, such as in the Sefer from Yudari Medina and numerous other ways. This is this Bryce the Maisatari that I'm saying, that there was ways how to retain information. So there was a guy a few years ago, and he heard that there's something they have in Olympics where people remember tons of information, and there's an Olympics to see who can remember um, challenges live, tons of information, um, who can remember more. And then every year is a champion for this thing. And they obviously practice to do it. So you would think that it's people that they're born with photographic memories and stuff like this. Okay, So this guy was looking to write a book. He was a writer um, and he, he heard about this concept. So he went down. And he interviews the, the guy who won. Uh, he, he watches this Olympics. He sees this guy remember crazy amounts of information. And basically, he tells the guy, how did you do it? He goes, you want you know something? You're a regular, you have a good memory? The guy goes, no, I don't have a good memory. So he tells this, he tells this author, he says, next year, you could be the champion. He goes, are you crazy? I have an awful memory. And he goes and teaches him the techniques. This happens, this happens a few years ago. You can look it up on Google. Uh, Moonwalking with Einstein, I believe it's called. And basically, he Taka becomes the um, champion. This memory devices how to remember tons of information. This is going on um, the world at large before the printing press. This is how they have to do it. And okay, so for us, every person's kedai different ways how to remember, take it, and this way one could be zayicha to remember at least a little bit that they learned. And to conclude, when you learn, it's brought down, and I think Chaim says it somewhere also. But when if you write down and you take notes and everything, you'll be zayicha. You're able to take that up at least the shemayim when you get your big faher on what you learned. Anyway, Adkan, I have Rachmanus on everyone. Um, Adkan for today. Excellent, thank you very much. And of course, I have to mention Rabbi Rome Goldhar, together with Barry Leibowitz, who have created this fantastic program called Zuchur, where there are literally hundreds of Dafyemi learners, specifically now. From memorizing three points in every single daf, they've gone through hundreds and hundreds of dafim, and they have thousands by now. And these guys, regular, regular people, they use um, simonim. You know, they use interesting, interesting sentences, and people draw pictures and different things like that. And Ashrei uh, Chelkan, that they really have a good zikaron by putting in literally a few minutes a day. Besides the fact that when you have a memory, besides remembering it. You can become a bigger masmid, right? Because when you're doing whatever at any given time, without holding a safer open in front of your face, you could be hazarding different things in your mind and keep your mind occupied, which is a good thing. So thank you very much. Looking forward to the next edition of Chaim Storm Explored. I know you mentioned to me that you want to talk about the Shaina Halachis and Derech Emuna and Chaim has many more Sfarim that we could talk about. So looking forward. Have a wonderful day.